inaugural Psych Effect podcast, of course, we're going to start with the news event that is captivating America for this entire week. And of course, that is that um, Kim Kardashian posted a TikTok without makeup. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and people are absolutely freaking out over it. Have you seen this thing? Actually, thank God I've not seen it. <laughs> no, you have not. Okay. People are losing their mind over this thing. It's uh, She posted it with a Drake song. And I don't know anything about TikTok. I don't have yeah. it. I don't use it. But apparently it's a thing where and, – and this shows our age, by the way, because this is like the new thing. But right. um, <laughs> apparently you post videos with music in the background. She posted this video with a Drake song. And Wait, are you supposed to be dancing with those videos? Is she is she making a like a, a choreography of some sort, or it's just videos of people doing things with music in the background? Is my understanding, and it could be anything. But she posted a video without makeup on, with a Drake song in the background, and apparently people are taking that as a shot at Kanye because it has wow. lyrics. I I don't know, I don't know, but people are losing their mind, and she did it as a um, advertisement for her skincare product which is genius because her skincare product is skin S K K N. I think right. she's, she's genius. And it got me thinking like, why don't, and she's beautiful by the way, like without makeup. I won't dispute that. <laughs> and it got me thinking like, why don't more women just go out without makeup because they're pretty without makeup. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. let me, let me ask, how do you advertise for a skin product? in not wearing makeup. I mean, that, that's the ignorant in me, right? Right. So what she did was, and again, genius, right? So she posts this video with no makeup while she's putting on her own skincare products. Okay. Okay. So she's advertising her own skincare products in a video without makeup while she's putting on her skincare products. Okay. And well, with a Drake person. song in the background. Yeah. And it's it's just it's it's genius and people are losing their minds over it. and of course this is what America's been talking about for the last week. Um and maybe, you know, instead of two male blowhards on on a microphone talking about women, we will actually get one day a real woman on this show to tell us why more women don't go out without makeup because they look really right. good without makeup. Yeah, I don't think we quite qualified to answer that question. No, 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 no. We're definitely not qualified to answer that question, but we will, I promise, have a woman on this podcast that will be able to answer this question for us at some point Heck, in the future. Maybe, maybe we have Kim Kardashian herself explain, you know, maybe. Let me tell you something. That would be a get. If we can have Kim Kardashian on here explaining to us that very question. But let's start small. This is, this is the pilot. So... In the pilot, let's, let's dream big, but we'll start small. That's what she but, said. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> That's right. Well, she, she, she does dream big, right? I mean, <laughs> she actually does. She's, she's very smart right. and she's really good at business. And this is just another thing. Right. And the people follow her around. I think she was just uh, yesterday, she was at um, her son's basketball game and she dressed super cash. And that's like another thing that just blew up. Um, it's just whatever she yeah. does, she just she blows up. And, and no, and, and I think uh, maybe a week ago, I think she went to Harvard, and that was a big deal, right? I yeah. think she either gave a class or she just walked yeah, yeah, on yeah, campus, yeah. and that was that was it, right? That's right. She was at a she was at a an MBA 
class, the uh, professor uh, who teaches business had her in. Right. Uh, I saw I saw the headline. I didn't read the article, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, to teach people like business and like why not? Right. Like she makes a billion dollars on skincare mm-hmm. products and like fourteen businesses. Yeah. It, it's Wait, is she is she a lawyer yet? I know she was studying. Uh, I think she she was studying to be a lawyer. I don't quite recall if that landed anywhere or I don't know. That I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past okay. her. Why not? Good. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, a transitioning from Kim Kardashian without makeup to uh, the sports topic that everyone's been talking about for the last week. Wednesday was it? Was it Wednesday? Hey, I believe it, it's a blur. It's been it's been every day so far. Well, when did when did it I happen? Think, I was think it Wednesday. I think it was a couple of days ago, right? Wednesday, uh, or Thursday. Wednesday. Um, the the he, greatest, he, the greatest football player of all time, decided that. He got up and went to the beach and posted and, yeah, a video. And a, a selfie to call that, right? A selfie. A selfie video. And, and by the way, that That's selfie right. video was like an hour south of where we are in a beach called right. Hallover. That's true. Hallover Beach. Right. Because imagine, I think he, he, he resides. Go for it. He, I think resides he resides everywhere. There, right? <laughs> imagine waking up in Hall- around Hallover, going down to walk your dog. And Tom Brady is filming a retirement video on the beach right in front of you. Right. Well, thankfully, I guess he wasn't naked because I think Hall of the Beach has a nude part as well. Uh, right? It does. It does. Have you seen it? Okay. No, I haven't seen it, but I'm guessing he wasn't on that side. Um, my guess is no, he wasn't. No, because he had clothes on in the video. So I guess the first question is, are you buying it? That he's going to retire for good? That, that this is actually a retirement. You know, never say never, right? But uh, I think if it was a perfect time, I think now is a perfect time, considering the season he just had. So, yes, I'll buy it. This one, I'll buy it. The last yeah. one, I think I, I, I bet it right that he was not going to retire. But this one, I think, is the right time. He looks defeated, as Tom Brady ever looked defeated, right? Really? Because last year, he got me. I really thought he was he was going to retire last year. He got me. I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I, I you know I don't remember all the the, the support around him leaving you know um, the, uh, the Patriots, but I think there was some personal issues there. Uh, there was some rift with the coach or the management, and then him going back to uh, back playing for for Tampa Bay. Maybe that was like you know a f you. I'm gonna keep playing and I'm gonna win a Super Bowl without you. That's why I, at that time I thought. Nah, there's no way he's going to just walk out like that. He's going to prove to them that he's still the man. You know, that that's the ego in, in Tom Brady, right? That's the, I'm the man. I'm going to do it without you. I never needed you. And he did. But I don't know. This last season, I, I don't know what it was about. You know, there was a lot of personal issues discussed in, in the media that we don't know. You know, one of my mentors always says, you don't know what you don't know. So there's a lot that could have happened that he decided to play a last season. But there's nothing else to prove, if you ask me. I don't know if you ask him, but... I just I buy this one for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Like he doesn't have anything to prove. I mean, he didn't really have anything to prove last year either. Correct. He seemed he seemed more emotional on this one. The end of that video sort of broke down on it. And so bringing it back towards the topic of this podcast in general, which is sports, mental health, current events, 
issues. I, you know, we really didn't introduce each other, but I oh guess, yeah, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. <laughs> you want to do that real quick before we get back <laughs> no. to Tom Brady? Go, go ahead. The first thing quick. you did. The first thing you did. You, you introduced Kim Kardashian. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, like the biggest person in in the, in the country. I think that's important. But you know, just right. I guess quickly, quickly, just uh, before we get back to Tom Brady, just tell people, tell the people right. who you are. Yeah, I'm Steph. And if that's not enough, I'll give you a background quickly. I'm a psychiatrist in training, last year in training, and I tend to deal with mental health as a, as a doctor. And this podcast, well, I'll try my best not to play doctor in here because this is just two goofy guys talking about sports, but also raising awareness to mental health and particularly in sports as a, as a stigma, right? And uh, hopefully in, that, in this experience, a lot of people would know more about mental health and also would understand human behavior a bit better. Uh, when it comes to athletes and, and what they go through. That's a great introduction. Okay, so I'm uh, Dimitri Bick. I'm an adult forensic geriatric psychiatrist in private practice, and that's all you really need to know about me. But uh, Steph basically outlined the, the premise of this podcast. And with that, let's move on to Tom Brady. So what I wanted to talk about was retirement and the effects it has on the mental health of athletes. What what we've seen mirrors athletes are, are regular people. They're not to the they fans, re- but well, no, but they <laughs> they retire very much like regular people. the The difference between you know athletes and you know, what we're going to call regular people, like not we're going to call them non athletes. Let's just say that non athletes, right? Um, or or no celebrity, if you will, non celebrity athletes. Let's let's probably say that because they're athletes at all levels. You know, sure. there's student athletes, there's high school athletes, but we're predominantly going to talk about the professional upper level elite athletes sure. um, that make Tom Brady level money, millions of dollars. Right. Those those level of athletes are still people and they are going to retire and have the same issues that non-elite athletes, non-celebrity athletes are going to have. And so you find from a mental health standpoint, the same type of issues in these people yeah i agree um i countless times i've seen in my practice you know older adults 50 years old 60 years old with difficulty coping after retirement you know they've had you know allegedly they've had a fulfilled career and it was a time for them to retire but once they retire they are dealing with i guess uh, a multitude of mental health uh, um, issues whether it is identity uh um, problems, whether it is uh, planning, whether it is shifting to something else, and it can manifest in so many different ways that we can get into. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, athletes, the major uh, athletes, you know, the, the one that made sports a career, when they retire, it shouldn't be any different than a particular, I don't know, a banker or a CEO, a doctor or veterinarian, if you will, retiring, because that's what they did the entire life. So what's next for these people, the, the common people that we said? And the same question could be could be asked of, of athletes. And we've seen for everybody's either pleasure or everybody's curiosity on, on, on media, we've seen what happens when athletes retire. We necessarily don't see what happens when Dr. Big retires or Dr. DeGraff retires because I don't have a camera on me. I'm not under the microscope. But we've seen what happens when, when athletes retire. And it's it's... Maybe it's uh, publicized, maybe it's it's used for media, maybe it's there's some business out of it, you know, it sells. But uh, bringing it back to Tom Brady, this guy retired twice. So what what do you think happened? I mean, there was 
uh, retirement. There was a, an announcement last year or the year before, and there's one now. So what do you see different in those two retirements? Well, well, it, the thing was he probably didn't retire last year. He was probably trying to go to the Dolphins. Which would have been really interesting. And the Dolphins paid for that with a first-round draft pick. Well, we could have um, a whole they don't, they don't have, they don't have a first-round draft pick this year because of that. So he probably really he didn't retire last year. That wasn't a real retirement. Uh, but he got me. Right. You know. But what, what I found in practice and what you see actually in athletes when they retire, and athletes in general, whether they're high school, college, well, high school maybe – because they haven't, they haven't rose to the level of becoming an identity issue yet. But exactly, yeah, yeah. College and professional, especially major college, you know, major college football, major college basketball, where they're they're driven to a point where it's semi-professional. Let's let's be real. College football is sure it's, it's, it's minor business. league football. <laughs> it's, it's minor league football, especially now where there's no there's no veil of. This is amateurism, you know, like this, no. they're getting NIL deals. Some of them are making more than rookie deals in the NFL. Like this is professional right. football. Like, so it's, it's on TV it's every, every weekend it's on TV. So that's yeah. right. We're not, we're not going to pretend it's that. So the, the identity of these people is caught up in their career. These people sure. don't know anything else besides their their sport. Tom Brady right. may not know anything besides being a quarterback in his life. And that may have cost him his marriage. I and, don't know, but you're right. It may have. It may have. I mean, he 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 retired, quote unquote, I'm putting up air quotes, right? It's audio media. Right. He, he <laughs> retired last year, right? And the marriage ended. Now, that's not causative. We don't know that. We don't live with him. Although that would be cool. <laughs> but but there's a there you know is that a correlation right uh, speculating here we have no idea what caused the breakup and there's a multitude of reasons people break up and there's right. many 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 reasons but did his love of football and I gotta I gotta play this is who I am I, I need to do this right is that is that the reason his identity so caught up in it and and athletes in general their identity is their sport it's who they are so when they retire they're it's it's what do I what do I do now, and and right, what I right. found is this is this is regular people too. They come to me my office a year after retirement, two years after retirement with depression, and it's well, what brings you in? And it's well, I don't I don't have anything to do now. I, I get up, you know, I I don't have any friends because all my friends are work friends. I don't see them anymore, and I don't I don't know what to do with my life, and that goes towards. Right you know, planned versus unplanned retirement. You know, people that plan their retirement do a lot better. Sure. And yeah, I, I'd have to point out too, um, on the same tangent of identity, you have to remind to, to remember that these people, let's let's take Tom Brady because we're discussing Tom Brady. He played 23 seasons, I think, right? If I'm not wrong. For those two, 23 seasons, that's 23 years of having a consistency, having a pattern, having a lifestyle. He knew what was going to happen every single morning he woke up. He knew at what he had to be in the gym at, at you know certain time. He knew he was gonna be with his teammates. He knew he was gonna travel. He knew everything. Everything was planned. He was following uh, a charter, right? What happens when when you after 23 years of consistency and habits and and robotic uh, um, movements, if you will, robotic behaviors, and you abruptly 
put a halt to that. So what do you do with, with your with your day? What do you do with your with your internal clock, for example? And we can even go into uh, sleeping disorders, right? Uh, we can sleep disorders. We can we can go into rebound anxiety because you you know some uh, people say sometimes uh, sports is, is almost like an addiction, right? So what what do you do when you when you remove that that uh, that thing that makes you complete, right? That things that you go to every single day. So a lot can can arise. You're right. Uh, call it anxiety. Call it depression. Call it uh, adjustment disorder. They all have different uh, criteria for diagnosis diagnostic um, purposes, which we will not do here, but uh, it's totally understandable that Tom Brady may have had or may have right now difficulty coping with his retirement. Let's say he tried last year and realized, we'll, we'll just you know pretend to know what happened, realized that he could not go on without playing football. We could not go on without being his, with, his, with his teammates. We could not go on After without two practicing. After <laughs> Maybe he had a one talk with his wife and he's like, you know what? This is not for me. <laughs> or she was like, you know what? I don't want you home. <laughs> I don't want you around And I'll make that, that joke. Although I'm not, I'm not prying or, or laughing at, 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 you know, on people's you know, difficulties in marriages. But uh, we, you know, when you're in a bar and talking with friends, and I've heard so many times that when athletes retire, this is the first time they're getting to know their wife. You know, it's like, 22 years later, hey, nice to meet you. What do you like for breakfast? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more so, that, that's the one thing you can say more so about the athletes than maybe non-athletes is that they get right. to know their, their spouse more than like regular non-athletes right. who mm-hmm. actually go home, you right. know, at six, seven o'clock and may or may, right. may actually have dinner with their family. You know, they say, they say, if we're, we're talking about Brady and, and, People are going to roll their eyes and be like, Brady's made $200 million in his life. And they're going to be, he's going to be perfectly fine. You know, and you know what? Brady will probably be fine because he planned this retirement. He's made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. He's got other you businesses, know, he, other ventures, other interests. And, right. And the other thing is um, with regards to retirement is for athletes, when they've achieved their sports goals, they tend to do a lot better. Now, the question is, sports goals are personal, right? So, exactly. well, we think Brady is the greatest football player of all time. He's got eight Super Bowls. He's been eight or seven. Is it, seven. It's seven. Seven yeah, Super Bowls. It's seven. It's seven. He's the only one. He's the only one out of seven. Well, I mean, nobody's, he's not chasing anybody. People are chasing him. Right, right, right. right? So he, he's won seven. He's been to 10. We think that he's achieved his goals, but he may not believe that. Right. It's it's a personal thing. Now, the idea that he may believe that he did not achieve his sports goals is completely alien to everyone around us to believe that a guy that is is on a level that literally not a human being in the sport has ever achieved. There, there used to be this debate, you know, who's the greatest quarterback? This was 20 years ago. Uh, was it right. Marino or Montana? It was the greatest sports radio debate of all time. I love this debate. I'm from Miami. Marino is like my hero. It was always Marino, and everyone's like Montana won four Super Bowls. You can't even talk about it. <laughs> that's like, well, that's Marino sick. had Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Roger Craig, and like nobody has this debate anymore. <laughs> it's like it's Tom Brady, and everybody is second. Like there's, right. you know what I mean? It's like I've even given this up, and I, I hate the Patriots. Right. You know what I mean? Like and you're right it, for for the bystanders. You, like you said, what is he chasing? You don't know, and maybe that 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 in sports, right? The the 
the sport, you know, uh, talk shows talk about the, the it factor, right? The it that only a few of them have. That thing that you don't know, that 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 what drives him, that, that we don't know why he, he keeps playing because he has seven. That's that probably the, the factor that makes him so dominant, right? So good. He's not the most athletic, you know, quarterback out there. He's not the most brolic, you know. He's, he got skinnier, and he's still the best because he had that that thing that prevented him from retiring, you know, five years ago, or retiring right. after he he right. had the most rings in in the history of the game. And yeah. he went and back he, and, and he, had, he played and he won in the one. Yeah, and he has he has some kind of drive. And again, we don't know what his sports goals are. And what you find is, you know, when when someone achieves those goals, they they do better in retirement. Again, with non-athletes, you find that too. If they feel more self-actualized with what they've done in their life, if they believe that they've achieved what they feel like they need to have achieved, they feel like they're ready for retirement. It feels more planned as opposed to when an athlete gets injured and that causes their their retirement. They don't feel like they've achieved it. They feel like it's been forced. They may get more mental health issues. With non-athletes, it may be the same way. If you've been fired, you can't find another job, find another career, or, or you know, right. if you're if you've had met, if you've had health issues and that's forced your retirement, you're going to have more health right. issues. You know, uh, they say money doesn't buy happiness. It's true. Money does not buy happiness. Uh, there are multitudes of rich people that are unhappy. Um, what I will say though about money. And mental health is, although it doesn't buy you happiness, it does buy you resources. And sure. while it, it will not get you the actual mood improvement, the cash, if you are willing to try to get help, having money will get you there. So Tom Brady has a problem or uh, Tom Brady probably will be okay. But if an athlete has an unplanned retirement, they have more resources than a regular person, potentially. Agreed. And so it's really important for people to that are listening to this to understand that there are resources out there and to use those resources if they can get them. And if they have the means to, you know, now with telehealth and stuff like that, there there's a lot more resources to get these things. So while athletes are going to have these resources, that even doesn't mean that they use them. We've seen that we've seen athletes retired and after five years, maybe you know they don't have any money. You know they they're bankrupt or they're struggling right. financially or they're struggling emotionally. The family's broken apart because, like you mentioned, they may they may probably not had a plan uh, on transitioning from the sports, the athlete life to regular common life. You know, that, there's that focus, right? That that the energy that they were investing into sports. There has to be a, a, a effort into transitioning that energy to something else. You know, you have to fill that void with something else, some other purpose. If you have no purpose after retirement, then that's when the identity issues will come about. I'm, like you said, I'm sure Tom Brady has several businesses. We call it I don't know, charity projects, nonprofit, and advertisement or its own own things going on. But those that do not plan their retirement, that happen to have an injury and that did not retire on their own terms, and you're right, those are the, these athletes that that tend to have a most difficult uh, transitioning to to the common life or to the post career life. 
the transition can be helped, can be actually helped if you want to help, right? You can, like I mentioned, you can have a therapist, you can have a life coach, you can have a support group. And I think the NFL, a few years ago, they've had the, they have the NFL Player Association, they've had programs to help retirees transitioning from, from the sports to, to life, whether it is health insurance or, or, um, group support or other endeavors that they can get involved with to make sure that they're not losing their, their sanity, um, so to speak. The more you have, obviously, the, the better resources you can, you can have access to. But I don't think money is all. I think if you, as an athlete, if you already know that you will retire and you plan to have a, a, you know, a second, so to speak, a second career or a second interest or, or where you're going to put your energy so you, you, know, you can fill that void and not lose it. And, and you, you can go into talking about those that, that do it successfully, like they flourish, right? They, they have a happy retirement. And there's a lot of athletes out there that you can see, you know, that are doing very, very well after retirement. Whether they go into media, whether they go into anything else they want to do, in, into uh, um, movies or whatnot, into whatever it is. Um, they seem, at least they seem to be happier than most um, retiree that, that are struggling out there. That's right, and and Tom Brady has all that. He's got a movie. You don't know that? He's got no eighty for Brady. Really? He, I mean, oh, Steph, man, you got to get into, got to get into this. Eighty for Brady. He, it's he, out. He produced it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I thought you were mentioning. I, I thought you were saying he was in a movie, like he was acting. He is. He's in this movie. <laughs> no, I got to see it. <laughs> eighty for Brady. It's actually supposedly based on a true story, but. I don't, I don't know if that's actually true or not, um, but it's about that, um, four retirees that like spend like their money going on a road trip to go see Tom Brady play. 80, I cannot believe you haven't heard about this movie. It's like it's it's it. So he's got a movie and he's and he has a, an offer from Fox for like three hundred million dollars to be a broadcaster. Yeah, that guy's going to be fine. Yeah, I, I knew about that. If he wants to transition into media, he's gonna, he's gonna be fine. I hope so. I think Tom Brady's gonna be fine, but but Tom, if you're listening and you need someone to talk to, jump give us a call. Podcast, you know, jump on jump on a pod for with us, and um, we'll we'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll I, you know you what? I hope I hope we don't have to do this episode again next year. <laughs> 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 yeah. No. That, because that, you know well, there are rumors out there that the Dolphins were one of the you know possible you know <laughs> placement for Porto Brady because it's already down here. The Dolphins, the 49ers, <laughs> the Jets. Well, well, maybe not the Jets. Nobody wants to go to the Jets. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will go to the Jets. But um, <laughs> God, no. If 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 we have to do this show again next year, then he definitely needs to come on this show so that we can talk to him. Yeah, he, he definitely needs to come on the show. Tom, open so, invite. Give us a call on this show. Yeah. So, like, to, to, if you want to wrap this up, what, what, what would you say, you're a little bit more serious right now, what would you say um, would be the most common mental health struggle that retirees, retiree athletes would go through post-retirement? You know, if it's anxiety, depression, if it's substance use, maybe, what do you think? I, I guess it, de- I think it probably will depend on the sport. With football, globally, it's, it's going to probably be depression. In football, I think uniquely, there's a there's a risk for degenerative diseases. Although sure. you know we could do an entire two hour podcast yeah, well, on I mean, 
We will have to. We will have we're gonna to. we're gonna probably have to do that at some point on um on chronic traumatic encephalopathy and and sure. um other degenerative diseases and things like that. The risk of that, but I think the fear of that in those athletes in football is higher than the actual rates of sure, people of getting it. So the fear of that leads to anxiety and depression. The risk of that will lead to those conditions. And so I think that's the biggest risk. And and again, yeah. tying that back to non-athletes, it's the same. And um, I'm, I'm even going to add, if you allow, I'm even going to add that, which is not pertinent to all retirees, but a lot of retirees tend to cope in unhealthy with unhealthy means, right? And the, the most common unhealthy coping uh, mechanism that they'll go through is uh, substance use, right? A lot of these athletes, f- to start with, they've been dealing with chronic pain, right? Uh, and then retirement happens, then they have to cope with anxiety, the sorrow, you know, the void, and a lot of times end up with, you know, alcohol binge and addiction issues. And those, those these mental health concerns are really serious because you don't know who's going to have an accidental overdose. You don't know who's going to have an intentional suicidal attempt. And you could, and like you said, depression might be the, the most common one, but it can, it can even be uh, as little as an adjustment disorder. Because if you, if you read the criteria for adjustment disorder, is basically, you know, telling you that it's, a, it's having an emotional or behavioral uh, symptoms after retirement, you know, after the change. I think it's within three months of that change from that prior experience, whether it is sports, whether it is moving to another state, whatever the change may be, within that three months of the, the changes, you have those behavioral and emotional symptoms, right? And it comes with, you know, stress, difficulty sleeping, uh, mood issues, irritability, lack of appetite, and so on and so forth. So you don't have to even wait to have a full criteria for, for depression. But the adjustment disorder can be, you know, detected early on uh, within those three months of, of quitting uh, sports or retiring from sports. And that's where the intervention needs to be done early on before these athletes uh, find themselves in coping in unhealthy ways. the AFC Championship because yeah. everyone else did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched it. I don't know who you were rooting for. I watched it and I watched all the social media outcry. I was rooting for the Bengals. Not because I'm a Bengals fan, but just because, I don't know, I'm already kind of tired of the Chiefs. So I was I was unhappy. Let's just, <laughs> let's just put it that way at the end. So what did you uh, what did you make of the, uh, the ending of that game? Right. Unfortunate. You know, it was a tie game. It ended up, you know, on a, on a I want to say dumb mistake, but a, a mistake. And afterwards, was it actually took away from the actual game. People talk more about what happened after the game than the actual game, which was a, was a good game in my in my opinion. Osai with that um, rushing the, the quarterback, you know, in that penalty, and that, that that was it. And then you see the reaction of his teammates and everything, and what happened in the media. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack. But whatever German Pratt said to him, or the way Osai dealt with his mistake, you know, there's a lot to unpack. Or you know, but I, I think it's all normal human behaviors. You know, I want to be clear. 
and but maybe you can go into it you know I, I know you have kids and i know I, I don't know how you'd react if your kids reacted like that but if you have a clip of jermaine pratt going on going bananas on, on his teammates uh maybe that will put into context yeah i, I ha- we have it i'm gonna play it i just wanted to point out that the mistake the roughing penalty at the end you know it it may it cost them the game you know because it made the field goal 40 yards instead of where they were at the moment you know would have been 55 sure. but they still had a play they had eight seconds right so and you have patrick mahomes and all he really needed to do was throw a quick out for 10 yards and then they go from a 55 yarder to a 45 yarder it, it doesn't mean that they're still not going to get a shorter field goal and and even if they don't probably won the, win the game right and even if they don't it doesn't mean they can't butner can't hit a 55 yarder right um i think that that's where they were right roughly about there 55 60 yards and even if he misses that you're talking about patrick mahomes at home in overtime like yes fine he made a mistake it cost them the game you can say that but that doesn't mean they wouldn't have lost anyway they're playing patrick mahomes at home you know the way he reacted was perfectly normal and it was very sad to see what I wanted to point out was, you know, the not not his reaction because that's, you know, that's normal and obvious, but the reaction of everything around him. I don't recall seeing people jumping down on down his throat, fans or anything like that, but I don't follow social media super hard. I did see that Cam Sample came over and consoled him. Really nice picture of that. And a lot of his teammates came to his defense now i'm gonna play the jermaine pratt uh recording and yeah. then i'm gonna read something from jermaine pratt after that and the reason i want to do this there's a reason i'm not just playing it to be mean to jermaine pratt but let me play right. it and then and then we'll talk about it all right so okay now he apologized after that okay he he said after that quote i was emotional I was in the moment. I would say I was wrong. As a man, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say I was wrong. I wasn't a great teammate in that moment. Okay. Now, the reason I wanted to bring it up was because of youth sports. Okay. And I have kids in sports and they make mistakes all the time. I mean, it's it's errors all the time. I see a lot is the kids kind of ragging on them. And I think it's important for the adults to be the adults and to teach kids support for mistakes and for teammates to be supportive of people when they make mistakes. The problems that I see are not so much that kids do this because kids are going to be kids, but that adults need to step in. And when adults do this to kids, that's a bigger issue. And I have seen adults yelling at kids that make mistakes, not, and, and coaches I'm talking about specifically, not in a way to teach them what they're doing wrong, but just in a punitive way. What the F are you doing? How can you do that rather than teaching them? And this is not just youth, but it goes up the chain. No, no, I agree. That's, that's a fair point. And, and that's not to say that German Pratt is always a bad teammate, right? Like, we don't know that. Um, but he had a, a moment where he lost it. He lost his, his, his cool, so to speak, and 
you know, looking at his benefit, he apologized after that, right? The stakes were very high. He, you know, he let Osai hear it. But I, I, I agree with you. You know, those are things that, that could be trained early on in life. Having the patience and having the understanding that you lose as a team, you will win as a team, right? And mistake will be made, right? One day it's your teammate, one day it will be you. And you got to be able to accept that, right? Um, but I do think, to, to, to wrap it up, I do think those two different behaviors, Osai crying on the bench and Pratt lashing out, I do think it's human behavior. I don't. There's nothing pathological, so to speak, about it. But I, I, I hope it had not been recorded. Right, I, I'm sure it happens way more often than we know, and and the other side, the other point I'm going to make is that most of the teammates, and you're right, most of the teammates were around him, around Osai, comforting him. Even in the post-game interviews, he had he had teammates around him in the locker room. You know, he the the, the majority of the team were compassionate and understanding, and they 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 you know they held it as a team. Right, and and I do want to point out that the majority of uh, all of his teammates uh, supported him that were public about it. From a teammate standpoint, in this situation, everyone supported him. And I think that's what's important when it comes to sports at lower levels too. It comes from the top. So when you're talking about lower level sports, the coaches need to initiate this stuff. And if you have a coach that is just authoritative and screaming, uh, it's going to filter down to the athletes below them. And I think a, a teacher, especially especially youth sports, when you're talking about children, eight, nine, ten years old, who has compassion for their kids and is more of a teacher rather than a screamer and a punisher, is somebody that you need and will get through and will do better than someone who's just there to to fulfill their own ego. You get a lot of you get a lot of coaches at lower levels that seem to feel the need to live their life through these kids. And if the kids don't win, they feel like they've lost. They win championships through their kids for whatever reason they haven't fulfilled in their life. And they start to get negative with the kids. I've seen this not just personally through the kids that I go and watch through youth sports, but I was also an official, a football official. We see this with the coaches you know, grabbing face masks and screaming at kids. And these are penalties in, in peewee football, uh, you know, unsportsmanlike conducts. You're allowed to actually throw coaches out for that, but they do it. You know, knowing coaches know that this is a penalty, still do it. Coaches, coaches almost need to go to school for these things. And I know they have these these clinics, and there's experts on on how to coach. And um, I think maybe in the future we we will have a coaching uh, psychology expert on this podcast. Yeah. But I think this is a, a big issue in sports. I mean, it, it makes you wonder: is that behavior from from coaches and, and adults? Is it projection, right? You mentioned that maybe there's something that they, they did not succeed in in the younger years and they want that in their, in their children, right? So is it projection? Is it uh, their own insecurity, you know, manifesting in, in, in their unforgiveness in their punitive ways? You know, question mark there. That's something we can unpack later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the projection. Um, you know, that something they need to work out with their therapist, <laughs> but you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I, I, I see it as the, as the projection of something they haven't fulfilled. 
Um, but there are, you know, I'm not going to rag out all these coaches. There's really, really good ones. I, you know, tend to, to favor those that are teachers. I think if you want the kids to succeed in life and, and good coaches in youth would also uh, care about uh, teaching manners to their, to, their, to their players, right? It's not about only the games. They teach them to be men or, or women and teach them values. And, and so to speak, you know, they have to embody that kind of role model that they, 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 those kids need to see. And it, it, it goes without saying that, you know, aggression, yelling and threatening is, is not the way to go about it. And, and I think we've actually seen that change in coaching and sports because, I mean, you take a look at some of the new coaches that have come out recently. You see less Bill Parcells, less Tim, uh, Tom Coughlin's. There's more like the Mike McDaniel guy, the Kyle Shanahan types. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid is an older coach, but he's not that authoritative, you know, you're going to do what I, the Mike Ditka kind of guy. Are you talking about Belichick? You know, (laughs) here's the thing about Belichick. That's a low blow. I don't like that guy. That's a low blow. I admit it. (laughs) Look, I'm not a Patriots fan. Like, let's, let's just be real. But Belichick is not a screamer. You know what I mean? He's not like a Ditka guy, like a Tom Coughlin guy, where the like Tom Coughlin will turn red as a beat on the sideline. Right. You know, right. he's every he's, everybody that ever talked about Belichick that I've read has always said he's hilarious. He's like a super nice guy, and he's absolutely hilarious. And I'd so love to see it. <laughs> the guy comes out in a hoodie, and. His answers to questions are on to Cincinnati or, you know, on to Buffalo or whatever. And he's just, he trolls the media and it's, look, and I, and like, I don't like the guy. I'm a, I'm a Patriot hater. I'm a Dolphins fan. They've tortured us for 20 years. So I'm not defending him in any way, but he's not Mike Ditka, right? Like he's not these like authoritative screamer guys on the sidelines. He's you know, but it is my way or the highway kind of guy, but he's not when I when I think of like that authoritative guy, I'm thinking more of like those older coaches that are that are just they're yellers intimidating and intimidating. Screaming. Yeah. That those are the kinds of guys I'm usually thinking of. And I think those are going away more towards what I guess people are calling like the nerd guys now, the numbers nerds that are analytics guys. Daniels. Yeah. McDaniels and you know he's had success uh, he's from he's you know they do these tree things uh, you know the coaching tree. for the nine right he's for the Niners if I'm not if I'm the Kyle Shanahan tree I think and then Kyle Shanahan's from another tree we could do an entire show on that but that's that's not the subject of this podcast there there should be a tr- a, a coaching tree podcast where they just they come on and they just name trees we should we should do like a top five. We're gonna do this for next time. We'll, we'll come up with a top five. Look, look how we did this. We started with the Kardashian family tree, and then we're ending with, we ended with up the coaching about tree. the coaching tree in NFL. That, for the next, we're gonna next the next podcast. We need to each have the top five coaching trees, like the top five coaches that created a tree. That's what we need to have, both yeah. of us. And then we'll find out which yeah. one has a better has a better tree. Okay, we're, we're going to start with that top five coaching tree. You need to write this down. We need to have it ready for the next podcast. That's what we're going to open right. with. Okay, top five coaching trees. Coach. Top five 
fathers of coaching trees that have created the best coaching trees. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. really long winded. I, I don't know if anybody got what we're talking about, but that's what we got. Okay. So we've been talking a long time. We're going to end here on a, a segment that we're going to do every week called the mental health tip of the day. So let's go ahead and yeah. uh, play the opening. Yeah, let's see. I- Day full of hiccups? Need a shakeup? Listen up. It's Dr. Bick and Dr. DeGrasse mental health tip of the day. All right, Steph, what is your mental health tip of the day today? Right. Well, it's very simple, guys. It's nothing that you have to, you know, read a book for. Have you have you realized that we are always trying to be a good friend? Like you you always want to be a good friend to your to your friends, right? You want to be the a best friend. You want to give good advice. You want to you want the best for your friends. You you you, you watch after them. You have their backs. So the advice is simple. Be your best friend. Be your own best friend, right? Be nice to yourself. Be kind to yourself. The good advice you'd give your friend, take it in. Follow your own advice. It, it will work. Yep. That's great advice. Be your own best friend. I'm going to add that, you know, we are we are our own harshest critics. I think that every day we find something to criticize ourselves about, but we very rarely find something to praise ourselves about. So I think what we should do when it comes to being our own best friend is to look in the mirror, you know, morning, night, before you go to bed, while you're brushing your teeth, look in the mirror and just say one good thing about yourself. Just one. Be your own best friend. All right. And that's, uh, and that's your mental health tip of the day from Dr. Bick and Dr. DeGraff. Thank you guys for, uh, for listening and uh, we'll see you next time on The Psych Effect. See you guys.